Welcome to the Voices of Resilience podcast, a podcast series by NAML, a registered social enterprise and non-for-profit organization that helps forcibly displaced people earn a better living through dignified remote employment. We provide training and marketable skills and collaborate with organizations that support training in the digital skills required in today's digital economy. Hello and welcome back to the Voices of Resilience. This is episode number two and I'm your host, Clay Lowe. We have another incredible and inspiring story for you today. We're going to meet Eleanor's Arbor and what she has gone through to get to where she is today is just, I mean, it's just mind boggling for me. She fled her home, a forced, you know, war zone, fled her home. She was 12 years old at the time. And, you know, add on top of that, that her Mom is blind, so she was having to, at that young age, having to guide her mom, get their way out of danger, avoid danger, make their way to the nearest refugee camp, and then navigating the system at that age with that kind of responsibility, looking after herself, looking after uh, her mom. And then on top of that, to continue to apply herself in her studies. So yes, just an incredible, incredible sense of resilience. And one of the underlying themes that seems to be emerging from these interviews or conversations is this sense of having a goal, having a focus, having something to aspire towards, even in the midst of the the disruption and the turmoil that happens when you're forced to flee your your home. So without further ado, let's hear from Alanarges. My name is Alanarges. I'm from I'm basically from Syria, but I didn't live there a lot. I just lived it when I was 12 years old in 2013. And I continue, continued my studies in Lebanon. Then I got scholarship to do my uh, BA in healthcare management. And uh, I'm currently in London. I'm doing my MSc in global health and conflict. I was working at SNHU as a student engagement uh, specialist. Uh, it, it was a way of giving back to SNHU and to help my, my peers as well at the university. and. Uh, Currently, just a student and working as a student ambassador uh, with one of the organizations that are helping uh, refugees, refugee students, um, developing their communication and yeah, their communication skills in general. Okay, so we like to start off by finding out people's origin story. So they say that there's a story behind every decision to migrate. So what was your decision or was it not a decision was it something that just happened to you so how did that how did that happen how did that transpire actually it was not the story that i decided to to have in my in my life i i i never thought that i would have such thing in my entire life i was a child uh, i was 12 years old when i uh, uh, was forced to 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 flee with my mom from Syria um, after like 
bombing our home seven times. So it was very difficult to stay to stay there. Uh, although it was very difficult, but we continued living there for two years under attacks, and we just decided decided to leave when all the residents in the city or the town where we lived decided to because the because of the intensive attacks on civilians so we had to flee walking at nights and we spent uh, days and nights uh, to cross the borders to Lebanon and then we stayed there at refugee camps for three years and that was totally a forcible force like we were forcibly um uh, like we have moved forcibly from Syria to Lebanon I continued my studies there and uh, it was not that good environment for students because you know we we just left with trauma mental health problems and most of us lost their beloved people uh, under attacks and but we ha- we had to continue but not all people could continue as well not all, be- not all people could have good education or people had opportunities not all people had work so we had to find a way at that time Right, so it sounds like a varied experience in terms of the people that you were with, as you just kind of outlined there. People had different contexts and different experiences, although you were all having a common experience in terms of being a refugee, but your circumstances seemed all different. So how did you and your family, because you were really young, I guess, you were, did you say 12, didn't you? You were like 12. I was 12 years yeah, old. Yeah, so that, that, what was that, from a 12-year-old's perspective, what was that? that like because it would have been you know I would assume I'm assuming here that you didn't have much agency even in that as a as a child because you were you know your your mom was kind of directing the show as it were uh, at that time I had nothing to do mm. but just to flee with my mom and my mom my mom is blind so I had to direct her at the same time while we were leaving so it was not easy for a child in that in that age and um, you know um your family you, you your family members are not with you and you you are still a child you're responsible for protecting yourself and you're responsible for guiding uh, your mom and you're responsible for um for escaping from harm that you might you might be uh, exposed to and you're responsible for continuing continuing your studies and uh, at the same time there are no materials no suitable environment environment to do that but you still have to do it yeah that's a lot of responsibility for a 12 year old so you, you had to grow up pretty quickly in that and assume a very responsible position at such a at such a young age and you managed to continue your studies as well so that's uh that's quite amazing actually if you think about um the resources that were available uh to help you through your journey which one would have been the most helpful to you at the time and which one 
um, would you have chosen if, if you could? So after I after I arrived the uh, camps on the Syrian Lebanese borders, I stayed there for three years and I continued my studies there. It was not it was not that good environment to do it, but uh, like uh, I faced many difficulties, but I could continue. I was achieving uh, and getting high marks at the uh, at the school, but then I had to find another place, another uh, another school to to continue my studies there. I just moved to another uh, uh, city inside inside Lebanon. I joined another another school for Syrian refugees. It was better somehow because it was uh, out of the camps. So I continued there and I graduated achieving uh, the, uh, I graduated ranking the first among Syrian refugees in North Lebanon. And it was the first achievement. So the first, the first opportunity that, that I had, that I had at that time is the good education that I received from uh, a school uh, uh, for Syrian refugees. And then after that, although I I just ranked first among among Syrian refugees, I was shocked because I didn't have the chance to continue my higher education because I have a refugee status. Um, no Lebanese university accepted my application uh, to be to to join any program because of that, and uh, I was I was so frustrated at that time. Mm-hmm. So my mom just tried to to support me, and she just uh, sent me to continue learning the the English language in a local institute. I did that, and a few months later, I just was scrolling on on Facebook. I found an opportunity to provided from Southern New Hampshire University, and. I directly applied and I was admitted to the program. It was the first program uh, launched for the first time for for refugees who uh, who have who have unrecognized certificates in Lebanon. So I joined. I, I was among seventeen students who have been accepted to the program. Continued my studies there, and I could graduate in two years instead of four, having mm. a BA in healthcare management, and then. It was actually very good achievement, and at a time that I had uh, I had full time job, I had to do several internships re- related to the degree that uh, I was doing. So it was it was uh, tight a little bit. So that remarkable achievement um drew the university's uh, attention and the partner's attention and they decided just to sponsor my flight to turkey to continue my my studies there and to find my pathways because still in lebanon i cannot continue uh, with a master's degree so i left to turkey uh, i learned the turkish language for one year and i also continued applying for scholarships and I recently got one to to come to the UK to do my MSc in global health and conflict and uh, I was the only one that I did that in um, among the millions of refugees Mm. who are in Lebanon so you notice that there are uh, different opportunities and different uh, uh, 
um, different, um, uh, let's say, different trainings, different courses that I joined during during those two, during those three years. Um, I could improve my communication skills. I could improve my language skills. Uh, I could. Uh, I learned more about networking with people. I had several internships with national and international entities. All of these materials together, all of these trainings, all uh, the the degree itself made it for me uh, easier to find the the to find like um, a different uh, opportunity. That's I mean the. Uh, my scholarship to come to to the UK. Mm. So it was a combination of uh, of materials that I used, people who helped me, the supervisors, the um, trainings that I received. But the most important thing, I consider the access to higher education. It was the the the, the first thing that I could um, that I could use to access to different to other to different opportunities uh, after that. So the first thing is the higher education, including all of the courses and trainings that enable a refugee student to build a good life for for him for uh, for him and his family. Okay, and what would you say was your sort of greatest strength in terms of? that helped you during this period what was your what would you say your greatest strength is or yeah just curious i mean because i mean it takes a lot of fortitude to do you know what you've done and to you know doing all the turmoil to continue to study and pursue higher education and and um other opportunities so what would you say your greatest strength is that's helped you along this journey so the first thing is the uh, maybe it's useful to use the adjective uh, goal-oriented person. Okay. It was so I had a goal. I had I, I had uh, I had a goal of continuing my studies. So I just ignored everything else, and I uh, just took every single opportunity and didn't waste anyone to because I believe that even if it's a single single opportunity. Even if it's uh, a workshop for one hour, it will help me to, to to develop my skills and then to to be able to apply for universities and access more opportunities. So that's again amazing. It's just goal oriented. Yeah, that sort of single mindedness. I'm going to do this, and I like that. I mean, that's quite inspiring. You know, just just to say, you know, this is the thing I'm going to do, and and then keeping your mind set on making that happen. So that's great. And what would you say is the thing that you are most proud of so far? I'm proud that I found results. Uh, I found the results of all of that hardworking um, across those years. And I'm proud that when people, when my friends in Lebanon in Africa and different countries tell me that you are inspiring me or you are inspiring us. I didn't notice that before. Uh, I had many achievements, but uh, 
I feel so happy when I when I represent like um, an inspiring model for others to to do the the same of what I did, and I see that uh, and the plans of my nieces and nephews and they are trying to do the same as I did. So it's very important to not. So I felt like I'm not doing that only for myself. I'm also encouraging others to do the same. Yeah, outstanding. I love it. And, you know, in terms of refugees and migrants and displaced people, you know, a lot of times the view that the majority of people might have usually just comes from the media or, you know, what they see on TV or they read. So what do you wish more people knew about refugees, migrants, or displaced people? I'd like the whole world to know that refugees didn't choose to be refugees. And even being a refugee is not something uh, that is not like, it's not something bad. It's not an adjective of being a refugee. It's the status. So. they should know that uh, being a refugee uh, doesn't mean that refugees are not capable to work. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, they cannot uh, continue their studies. They should know that refugees are uh, are able to perform better than those and that's based on studies and research that have been done uh, recently that refugees are able to perform uh, better than those who who didn't pass through all of that hardships so when a refugee have an, uh, when a refugee receives an opportunity he believes that uh, it's the only opportunity in his entire life so he should uh, he think that he should uh, use it to the most and achieve the better that he can. So they really have a real ability and real strength. Uh, they passed through uh, hardships. They experienced war, displacement, uh, loss. They lost their beloved people, and they they have not they have nothing to 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 let them like. Uh, scare about anything else they 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 are thinking about themselves how to improve themselves but they need opportunities Mm, okay oh that's good good message and then how can we you know people listening to this podcast uh further on people attending the migration summit so how can we work towards changing the narrative and sort of breaking those stereotypes Okay, we as refugees, when we uh, achieve our goals, when we achieve something real, we should share it with people. We should share it because uh, it's worth sharing and we should do it to draw people's attention and change their ideas about refugees. And uh, it's important for the uh, the people who are interested in refugees to provide opportunities for them. Providing opportunities will in, will will strengthen them, and then they will achieve and th- and they will share their achievements with people. So, 
sharing sharing achievements and providing opportunities that enable them to achieve. Yeah, that's great. So absolutely. Um, and I think things like this, doing a podcast, getting the voice out there and letting people know the story. Because um, I've certainly learned loads during this series already and you know people's circumstances are all different but you know how you come together as as humans and persevere and um the resilience to carry on and uh, with life and to make things happen even though the circumstances around you aren't the most ideal so yeah definitely so we'll amplify this podcast <laughs> so that uh, pe- more people can hear and understand as well so is there, as we sort of wind down um, the podcast, is there anything else that you'd like to say, any further words that you would want to add? I would like to add that, I, I'd like to add that uh, there are millions of refugees who are living in camps, whether it's in Syria and Jordan and Turkey in uh, in different countries uh, who are really skilled and educated don't think that people who are living in camps don't have not, uh, don't have nothing to do they don't ha- they don't have the opportunity but they are they are skilled and they are uh, educated and when you provide them an opportunity either to access uh, education or to uh, or a job opportunity you will be impressed by their skills mm-hmm. and even those i mean the new generation who just raised up in in a war zone or in conflict or in camps who don't have that those skills but have the ability they really n- need some trainings they have the the power but they just need need the the trainings for a few months to be to, to compete with yeah. the international communities. Excellent. And what's next for you? What is what's your your future plans as you're finishing your MSc? Um, I'm I just have like uh, a quick course currently with Oxford University. I have already done one with them related to. Uh, forced migration and I'm currently preparing my application to apply to apply to Oxford and different universities as well. Uh, I would like to, con- to to do my PhD in um, population health maybe and I'd like to focus more about the uh, about how we can improve uh, refugees health um, Using education, so it's it's. I, I'm also I'm like pursuing something in health, but I'm focusing more on refugees. Right, awesome. All right. Well, you know what? Thanks for your time and sharing your story with us today on the podcast, and really look forward to paying attention and following you on LinkedIn and see all the good things that you get up to. So, <laughs> thanks again. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you so much. Before ending our episode, we want to invite you to participate in the events organised as part of Migration Summit 2023, which will happen throughout the month of April. The summit, organised along with the MIT Refugee Action Hub and Quran Foundation, will explore the theme, co-creating pathways to learning, livelihood and dignity, 
through virtual and in-person events hosted by participating individuals and partners around the world. Make sure you check the Migration Summit website at migrationsummit.org to learn all you need to know about the events, sub-themes or different summit editions and subscribe to get updates.